You're listening to Love Undressed, the podcast stripping back your dating and relationships using psychological hacks and advice brought to you by The Loveless. Guys, I have to say, this is my first ever three-way, so... (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to The Love Undressed podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking the language of love. Well, love languages, anyway. And all about what they are and what they mean. And a question that I'm going to throw your way to think about is coming out as bisexual. Is this just a stepping stone to coming out as gay? Well, I'm going to be speaking to two very special guests and getting them to strip back their experience of coming out to those who know them best. But first of all, I'm going to throw something at Dom. (laughs) So, okay, you ready for this? Mm -hmm. Fact or faked? Can you achieve an orgasm just by using some memory recall? Fact. Yeah, literally. So I found this out this week. Apparently, according to scientists, it is possible to think yourself into an orgasm. I think I like... <laughs> oh my gosh, where is this going? <laughs> I was going to say, I think sometimes in my dream, like I dream myself to an orgasm, I think. That's just a wet dream. But that's the same thing, surely? Like, I don't memory, know if it's memory different recall. if you're doing it consciously because mm. if you're having an orgasm in your sleep that's your subconscious doing that mm. everybody's done that mm. and you wake up and you're like the fuck mm. fair <laughs> i don't no, know i've never consciously gone okay gonna recall this memory here we go well, and this but this is what i'm talking about so yeah. it's like, uh, uh, you're pers- pers- personally doing it you are purposefully doing it so you sit there and like think of i don't know a sexual experience maybe i'm gonna assume and literally orgasm just from thinking about it. Interesting. I don't think I could do that. Like, my memory recall is great. And I have certain things in my head where I'm like, oh, that was that was hot. <laughs> Nothing that could literally just make me... I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could do that. No, that's intense. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Anywho. <laughs> specialized topics today i've been excited about this episode because i get to delve into love languages so for anyone who's listening to this podcast who doesn't know what their love language is we've put a link in the description of this week's episode this is basically to take the quiz online that you can do which a lot of people have done so if you don't know what it is or you're intrigued click on the link in the description of the episode i also think it's really important to know that while your love language or love languages can change to some extent, normally how we show someone we love them won't be a changing factor. This is because it's formed so much around our upbringing and I guess the displays we've grown up around. What we can change though is the way we want to be loved. Now why is this? I can hear you asking. Well, When we're single, we're in a much more independent mindset. But when we're in a relationship and have feelings for another person, our love hormones have been activated. We're getting those kicks of serotonin off of something other than just exercise or our morning coffee. We literally get a mood boost from our significant other when they're doing things that make us feel loved and cared for. So for those of you who don't have an idea about love languages, there are actually five of them. And these are words of affirmation, which is basically verbally expressing how much your partner means to you. For someone whose love language 
is words of affirmation, you're likely to hear things such as, I'm really proud of you, if you're beautiful or you're handsome, etc. You like compliments from the person who means the most to you. And you also like hearing that they think highly of you. The next one is physical touch, which to be honest with you, I think is pretty self-explanatory, but it isn't just referring to sex. It's talking about holding hands, touching, cuddling, anything that involves some kind of physical contact with your partner. Physical touch and words of affirmation are actually my top two love languages. But funnily enough, they're only how I like to receive love and they're not actually how I like to dish it out. But I'll explain a little bit more about that and why that happens in a minute. The next love language is gift giving. And this doesn't mean spending thousands of dollars or pounds on someone. It means you go through your day and you could see something and it literally could be something really small that reminds you of your person. I know I've done this loads of times before. I see something that makes me smile because I think of someone and then I just have to get it for them or send it to them or whatever it is, whether it's even just like a meme. I'm like, ah, they'd find that really funny. The banana. (laughs) Did you like that earlier? So earlier I found a meme on Facebook that I sent to both Dom and James about Mario Kart. I don't know if that sounds a bit nerdy, but here we are. Um, and it was, what did it say? It was basically the banana in Mario Kart. When you think you're going to come first, but then... <laughs> the banana's there. The fourth love language is acts of service. This is doing things for your partner to make their life easier. Maybe it's tidying up after you've had dinner or making a bed or even helping them by posting a letter they've needed to do for weeks but haven't got around to doing. Anything, no matter how small or big it is, you're doing because you feel you just feel like you're impacting their day in a positive way to kind of take the load off of them a little bit. The fifth and final one is quality time. Now, please note how I said quality and not Quantity. Quality time is referring to spending time with your partner where you're both physically and emotionally present and they have your full attention. Basically, it's a phones away kind of situation while you do an activity that would maybe bring the two of you together. And here's a little psychology fact for you guys. Did you know that doing experiences with your partner that produce endorphins will actually bring the two of you together because you're bonding over a good shared experience? Here is where I think love languages get really, really interesting and why I like them so much. Because normally the way you display love will mirror the way you've received love as a child. But how you want to receive love normally will be dependent on what you lacked growing up. Normally, not all the time, but most of the cases. I'm gonna give my example here. A few weeks ago, I gave my brother a quick call because I wanted to try and pick his brains about how he felt our parents showed us love as we were growing up as kids. I like using him as a bit of a psychology experiment sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we both had exactly the same opinion because what he said to me was that our parents showed us they loved us by taking us on expensive holidays and buying us the latest trend in toys or buying us clothes or taking us for days out to theme parks, etc. And we were obviously very lucky that we had parents that were financially able to do this. But this means I now express love by gift giving and acts of service. I would go to the absolute ends of the world for the person that I love. And I will always try and do things for them. I've also been known to buy silly, pointless gifts or book weekends away because that's how I show someone 
that I love them. But it's not how I want to be loved back. I want to be loved through words of affirmation and physical touch because that's what I've lacked growing up. God, I actually love talking about this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and like I said, this isn't always the case, but it's really important to be aware that your partner or the person that you're dating may not be showing love in the way that you want to receive it. So if they're showing that they love you by acts of service, but you want to receive love by receiving gifts, because that's how you pick up on them caring about you, there's gonna be a clash. So this is why it's really, really important, and I have been known when I think that there's something that could develop with a person that I'm dating, I get them to do a love languages quiz. <laughs> People can judge that all they want, I don't even care, but I want to understand that person. Don, do you think that you and James have different love languages? Yes. <laughs> what do you think yours are? As in what I like to How receive? do you think you show that you love James? I show by gift giving, physical touch, Definitely acts of service. I cook him dinner every night for four years. That's bloody... <laughs> Words of affirmation. I don't know whether I'm heavy on that. Like, but we do tell each other we love each other a lot. Yeah. So, in a, in moderation, words of affirmation. <laughs> I feel like words of affirmation has to go slightly above and beyond the I love yous. Yeah. It goes into the I'm proud of yous. Yeah. And, like, you're achieving so much. You've and... got to do stuff to, <laughs> to be proud of, though, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Joking. Whereas, Love you. Like, I I can even see that James shows that he loves you by acts of service. Oh yeah, big time. That is literally his. That's the only one. No, and I think and maybe, physical touch. Maybe sometimes words of affirmation because he yeah he is very like yeah cute. <laughs> like that. No, but yeah. he is such an acts of service person. So. Yeah, his are like in in term, even in order acts of service. Um, physical touch words of affirmation those are his three and I think quality time is one that we both struggle to make plans with I think for me as well I just want him to make the plans without me having to encourage or suggest and it should just be off the back kind of thing he struggles with that we're working on it but me and you have had conversations like this so many times Mm. where because I'm a quality time and acts of service person I will book things to do with yeah. the person that I'm dating. Yeah. And I expect... Well, even me. You always like, oh, we're going to this immersive cocktail experience. <laughs> this like, is what just, we're doing. They're just like, you, you, you think about that kind of stuff all the yeah. time. Um, and I think about it, but I never action it. So it's probably my bad also. Like, I mean, one of my friends said to me once that <laughs> she'll read a message from me going, oh, I really fancy doing this. She'll message me about it a week later and I'll be like, well, I've already done it. <laughs> she's she always says when you said that you want to do something you do it so quickly like there's no faffing around mm. and I'm like, well, yeah if I want to do something I'm going to go and do it and mm. if no one wants to do it then fuck you all <laughs> <laughs> but like if I want to book a weekend away for someone I'm just going to do it because I want to do that as well but yeah it's also about the quality of time that I get to spend with that person yeah yes we sometimes wish that the person that we're with was equally as attentive and proactive Yes, proactive with booking things like that, but some people just aren't built in that way, and they'll do other expressions of showing how much you mean to them. Mm. And I guess the more you understand the person that you're with, 
the more you can look out for signs that they care. Mm. And it's not necessarily coming from what you expect it to come from. Mm. And the other one for me is the one I think shows me how much someone cares about me is gift giving because it's like you pass by a shop and you see in the window something and you go oh she'll really like that I'll pick it up you know it doesn't have to be an extravagant gift it can just be like something thoughtful and I think I'm very good at gift giving I think it's an it's an art form of mine I feel like I nail it (laughs) most of the time and so I I think I just expect the same in return. And I think yeah. it's so hard for me because I know that not everyone is like that. But my brain is just like, well, you don't think of me. You never think of me if you don't get me this. Like, I saw it for myself. But I didn't buy it because I want you to buy it for me. Because like, you want them to be in your head going, ah, noted for later. Yeah. James and I have been together for four years. And uh, I think I've picked out every Christmas and birthday gift because... I just don't want to risk it. <laughs> Maybe you should give him a bit of free run. Well, he said, like, my birthday's very soon. I know what one of them is already because like, I picked it. Um, <laughs> the other one we got together the other day and I'm already using it. And, and he keeps saying that there's one other thing that he needs to get me, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not going to pe- push on that one. I'm, nor- I'm normally really good at guessing the gift also maybe you should just doesn't stop help stop trying to guess <laughs> my brain works how it works okay <laughs> <laughs> i am who i am it is what it is yeah i just i don't know i think it it does sometimes cause issues when people expect a certain expression of love from another person mm. because that's how they show it mm. but like i said in, in my situation it's a bit weird because if someone was showing that they cared about me through gift giving I would be a bit like oh yeah that's nice but it's not actually what I want I'll stop then (laughs) oh yeah because Dom showers me and gifts all the time (laughs) but you know what I mean like for me it would have meant so much more Mm. if you turned around to me and gone tonight my phone's away it's Mm. off I'm not paying any attention to anyone but you talk to me about how your week's been Mm. I don't like this, how's your day been? Yeah, it's fine. And then you move on. Mm. I don't want that. I want, because I'm such a in-depth person. Like, I love figuring people out. I love knowing what makes them tick. I want someone to want to do that with me. I don't Mm. want people to ask me superficial questions. I want someone who's going to sit down and discuss the meaning of life and what the future is and what our future looks like together. Because... That's important, and sometimes those questions aren't easy, Mm. but that's how I know that someone actually gives a fuck. Mm. I have a question for you. Yes. Without, like, asking them to do a love language test, do you ever ask people, like, before they do this test, like, what their love language is, like, outright, or do you try and figure it out, or, like, at what point in your dating journey do you ask someone, like, oh, what's your love language? So, for me, I don't... If someone isn't really into this kind of stuff and psychology and relationships, which, no offence men, but not all of you are, a better question that I ask people is, what does love look like to you? Mm. Because again, they could describe love to you as this passionate, all-consuming thing, and that's not what you're bringing to the table for them, because you're very calm, very Mm. chilled, so that kind of relationship isn't going to happen. So if that's what they expect 
attract is going to happen and that's how they know they've fallen in love with you. But actually, that never happens because you're bringing a sense of calm, consistent love to them. This is going to cause hurdles later on in your relationship. Like You need to know what they perceive of love. Have they grown up around two parents being all over each other all the time and so madly in love? Have they come from a divorced like household? Have they been raised on rom-coms and Disney movies so they expect grand gestures? Or have they lived with grandparents who have seen that love is just timeless and it's just through consistent effort that it builds? Mm. Like This is what you have to understand about people, to, for me anyway, to think that, okay, now I understand what you expect our relationship to develop into and can mm. I bring that or not? Because... Yeah, I think it's really interesting, actually. Um, I did spend a lot of time growing up with my grandparents and my granddad's way of showing love is definitely acts of service. Like, bless him. He literally would do anything for me, anything for my nan. (laughs) It's such a difficult thing, but he'd be sat watching TV, like, clearly very comfortable in his chair. And my nan would be like, oh, is it time for a cup of tea? And he'd be like, (laughs) yes. Like, there's always the sigh, but it's always, yeah. yes, like, never, ever would you would you ask him to do something and he'd say no, never. And I think I I must have sort of sought that out in a partner, because James is very much the same. Yeah. It's very much like, I, <laughs> I put on the voice, I'm like, baby, <laughs> can I have a cup of tea? <laughs> and it's always, yes. Like, it's, it's a, <sighs> yes. <laughs> But you've grown up around associating that kind of pattern of behaviour as lasting love. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you probably have subconsciously sought it out. Yeah. And now that's what you've got. Mm. Whereas if I look at my example, you know, my parents obviously, I think they split up when I was 12. But before that, it was massive, like family birthdays and Christmases and everyone all together it, it was a very wholesome thing. And mm. I, when I start my own family, that's what I want. I mm. want everyone there for birthdays, Christmases, any kind of thing that means something. Easter's, they need to be big events. Mm. I want to have more than one child. Life should be celebrated as well. We're only here for such a short amount of time. Might yeah. as well, like, party on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you need to kind of live. I know everyone is in a world now where we're so scared to tell people how we feel, what we think. Fuck it. If you love someone, tell them. Life's too short, yeah. The worst thing that can happen is that they're going to say, I don't feel the same way. Mm -hmm. But at least you know you've done all you can to tell them and show them how you feel. Mm. I honestly couldn't think of anything worse than dying and going, oh, fuck, I wish I'd actually said, you know what? I I really am in love with whoever it is that I'm in love with. Because that would suck. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Thank you for that discussion. Nice chat. (laughs) (laughs) Nice chatting with you. Anyway, I can't wait to talk to our two special guests coming up next. So, I want to welcome to the podcast Matt and James. Guys, I have to say, this is my first ever three-way, so (laughs) let's just start on that note. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) So, thanks guys for coming on. Matt, I really want to start with you. Give me your story of how you came out to the people who know you best. So, mine's a bit of a funny story. So, I came out as bisexual when I was 
16 and then gay when I was 17. And then only recently changed back to bisexual just to complicate life. So yeah, things have been crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I want to know more about that. What brought on the situation of coming out in one way and then changing your mind and then going back again? Give me the lowdown on that. For me, when I was younger, I almost saw it, I suppose, as a stepping stone. But basically, when you're kind of younger, you're kind of told that you've almost got to be bisexual to then test the water and then kind of be gay. So I, that's kind of where I started with it. And then I started getting more kind of emotionally attached to women and things like that. Like I've slept with a few people previously. So for me, it was just kind of like the timing was right. Now I'm older. I understand more. I kind of know where I'm coming from with it. Whereas because I came out so quick, I don't think I understood it as much as I do now. So it's kind of changed my perspective on it. For people listening to this podcast just as a little bit of background James is my cousin and when I remember when James came out as bisexual to me and how you told me and like how you came out to the family and I remember being like you can say you're bisexual you want like I know that you're gay yeah (laughs) I've been around you my whole life I mean we we know these things and this is why I think when so many people kind of give the story of how they came out and then going well none of my family was surprised it's because like we've known you your whole life do you think there's more pressure coming out when you're announcing it like at a younger age do you think people are kind of more going ah you know it's just a phase like you're saying this you're gonna get over it whereas if you wait until you're a bit older people take it more seriously Absolutely. So like when I was younger, like my parents are divorced and my my mum was totally cool with it. She was like, no, it's absolutely fine. Like I kind of figured that would be the case when like you were sat drinking Lambrini with your brother's <laughs> girlfriends rather than drinking beers with your brother. Um, whereas like my dad's, we, we don't really speak anymore since I came out when I was younger. Um, and, you know, it just is the way the world is. I guess, in that sense. So I think for me, that added a whole new layer of pressure. Like, I was 17. So it wasn't just kind of sunshines and rainbows in that sense. Like, I still had a lot to learn. And that was kind of how it went. And now I'm older. Still don't really speak to my dad, but kind of can now give him kids. (laughs) Because his whole thing was about, I won't be able to give him kids because I'm gay. And I was like, well technically not true but okay we'll go with it (laughs) I have to ask when you went from one to the other was there like a massive oh my god I don't know what I'm doing was it like the first time round all over again when you went from sleeping with women to men or was it kind of a no-brainer like you roughly know what you're doing so you just go for it every single person was so different and approaching every person as an individual and finding a a connection with that person as well. I'm kind of the opposite. When I first kind of started, it wasn't necessarily about dating. It was just about the hookups and the thrill. And it sounds so sleazy of me to say that. And the Um, the pleasure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, because I, so I moved to London, I got into a relationship really quickly for about two, three months. That kind of ended. Then I kind of went on a bit of a sex bender on (laughs) Grinder. 
and then kind of again like my second year of uni got into a relationship for a little bit and then that was my last relationship so I've now been single four and a half five years and in that time obviously you know my sex number is ridiculous <laughs> surely I mean, once you're over the numbers of like 50 that's just kind of it one thing I also will always find weird no matter what is the fact that straight people don't have to come out as straight like you don't yeah you don't have to announce that you're straight so why do you have to announce anything else like i will never be able to wrap my head around that no one has straight coming out parties and this what does my head in no. literally like it has to we have to announce like oh um it's my birthday it's my it's like my coming out day and stuff like <laughs> it's it's never just the norm it's never just like i'm always like Unless you're going to be having sex in public, it shouldn't matter who you're having sex with. Like, no one's going to see it unless you're filming it and putting it somewhere, then whatever, that's on you. But people Public have sex to... is hot as well. So. <laughs> I feel like that's a whole, whole second topic. <laughs> Do you know what? Society is changing so much these days. What's acceptable and what's not? Like, who knows where we're going to be in five years' time? Who knows, like, we're going to have to announce and what people aren't going to have to announce? Um, if people are still going to have to get into this habit of announcing their sexuality or whether people just won't give a fuck because they shouldn't. Um, right, guys, on that note, I'm going to leave it there. Um, thank you so much for having a chat with me today. It's been really, really insightful getting your guys' opinions on everything. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Fun. It's been really, really fun. And it sounds like there's a lot more to talk about, especially when it comes to public sex. So... <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that for another book i'll just get the book out so that's it for today's episode guys thank you very much for tuning back in and listening to me talk about all things dating psychology and love related today's podcast as always has been brought to you on behalf of the love list and i'll talk to you guys again soon